Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Good morning, Vietnam. This is your host, Josh Wagner, with the uh, conservative connection with my guest, Andres Kromek. You just had to steal my thunder, huh? You just, had to, you just had to take it. I told you you'd like it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. We'll keep it. Welcome to the Conservative Connection. Here we go. No, 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 no. Where is she? I'm so sorry. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> the Conservative Connection. Come on, man. You know, man, I have to say this pine bark tea is fire. Can't believe you made that. Dude, you just need a pine tree, a knife, and a stainless steel pot to boil some water in. Listen to this stud here, ladies. Can you believe this guy isn't married yet? Lock that down. I have found the fountain of youth, and yeah. it is pine needles and pine bark. And it, and you said it's like it, it's grounded inside, like you cut up the bark and put it in? Yeah, dude. You just take some uh, You take some little stems off the, uh, off the old pine tree. I got an eastern white pine in the backyard. Great. Take off some little twigs that are full of uh, pine needles, and then you take some bark. You shave off that outer bark with a knife. Yeah, grind it all up. Throw it in a pot of boiling water. Let it sit for twenty minutes. Makes good uh, sweet tea too. Put some lemon juice with some sugar. Mm-hmm. Go fishing. It sounds. It, it's like it's really thick too. I like it. It's like drinking nature. No, oh, dude, you drink in a tree. Yeah, I like it. Look, they want to. They want to make you get a vaccine to not get COVID. You want to know how to not get COVID? Drink a tree. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, pine bark extract, they sell it all over Amazon. It's got a lot of health benefits. I was taking pine bark extract before you recommended this. I said uh, poop on Amazon. I say go straight to your backyard. You probably got a pine tree. Your neighbor's probably got a pine tree. Any pine tree <laughs> works. You see pine needles and pine cones, that'll work. Did you, what did you do? Like use a fire or like what did you do? We're not like, I don't live outside. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's just the the tea threw me off. (laughs) Sorry about that, dude. (laughs) So, okay. So, are we covering vaccines or did you want to do the alternative laid back version? Um, Let's start with vaccines. Let me tell my brother's story. Um, Okay. So, first of all, we wanted to cover the the vaccine mandates that are going around because they've been been very... um, extreme and very freedom limiting and we're hearing a lot of stories but it's very hard to actually find people um sometimes that you know that have actually gone through although my person personally my neighbor he took the vaccine instantly had a heart condition um a problem where he needed open heart surgery uh, or it was he needed some kind of heart surgery i think it was open heart surgery do you know how long uh do you know how long it took for that to happen after getting the vax? I think it was like a week or two. Oh, man. So, so it was pretty it was pretty immediate after having it. And even the nurses uh, pretty much admitted that it was the vaccine that did it. But the scary thing was the nurse, because he had heart damage and um, so much so that he needed the surgery. And they were talking to the nurse about it. And do you know what the nurse said? Hmm. The nurse said it's better that he had the heart damage and had to go through the surgery than if he got COVID. 
Yeah, you know, COVID's got a 99.999% survival rate. Um, they tell you that 600,000 have died. I got studies in front of me that tell you that number is not the uh, correct number, that that's been inflated. But, uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've destroyed America over a uh, flu virus because, uh, you know, most people didn't know this till now, but coronaviruses cause 20% of flus and colds and respiratory illnesses. Yeah. And they just made up another one in Wuhan, China, and it got released um, purposely or otherwise. Was that was that be- near the Wuhan lab again? Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, okay, so do we know what, what was released exactly, or is it gain-of-function research and it hasn't been released? Like, are, so, they, are they still testing? Or? Here's, what soup, here's the fishy stuff, right? So um, they've been doing uh, back corona research since, I think, the early 2000s. Yeah, uh, Dr. Fauci was funding the Wuhan lab, and he lied to Rand Paul. Yeah, before that, they were at uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. That was when this was all started. So um, Fauci's been the head of the NIH uh, for a long time. Um, Under Obama, they were funding gain-of-function bat coronavirus research at uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Yeah, and, and this is all documented. It's public knowledge. You guys can look it up. Yeah, use DuckDuckGo because uh, they don't censor the top search results there. Is there any other alternative to DuckDuckGo? I tried Bing. Bing just gives you viruses. <laughs> it's true. It I'd say DuckDuckGo is the best because DuckDuckGo doesn't censor CNN. You'll yep. get a CNN article next to like a you know state of the nation article, which so, is some CNN articles are, are actually uh, censored. Like there was one CNN article that came out and said, "No, we were wrong. Hydroxychloroquine actually has beneficial uh, properties," and that was censored by Google. Well, you know why they do that is because CNN has to put that out for legal liability purposes. Uh, but um, then they uh, and they, you know, they, they'd like to keep some fragment of journalistic uh, integrity, right? So. I don't think they have any. <laughs> well, they, they don't, but they yeah. have to put up the facade. Right. So, but they don't, they still don't want that information getting out because CNN is, all the major news organizations are funded by uh, pharmaceutical companies that make money off of vaccines. And um, yeah, they don't, they don't want uh, cheap hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or CoQ10 or I mean, all, there's all sorts of things. I that mean, work. that's, that's not the only people that fund it. I mean, if you have cable at all, you're funding the news organizations. Yeah. You and know, then like, big yeah. pharma through it. Yeah. Well, they, they fund a lot of things. I mean, I, I was talking about previously in 2009, Pfizer ended up having this really big medical fraud suit where they falsified uh, clinical trials and test results because they were trying to promote a drug and they would pay the doctors kickbacks for every time they could actually like promote the drug or get somebody to try it. And it was, it was all the way back in 2009. It was one of the largest medical payments for uh, medical fraud ever. Well, but, Big Pharma will take on those risks because they still make a profit even if they have to do a uh, uh, behind-the-scenes uh, yeah. court settlement. They'll pay out you know, some number of tens of millions and then they'll make like twenty billion off a drug. Oh yeah, like many billionaires were created through this through this virus. I mean, you had even people like Bernie Sanders, who we don't agree with politically, but he was saying like how many billionaires were created because of this vaccine that rolled out. And now they're influencing uh, Washington D.C. And of course, Washington D.C. You know, uh, there's meetings recorded where they were all meeting with Hillary Clinton in 2016 when they were doing the presidential campaign, and they basically all met with the Clintons personally 
And there were there was a few organizations that obviously weren't invited, like Fox News and OAN were not invited. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was a standard. But yeah, um, news media, DC, um, pharmaceutical companies, and also the military complex have a lot of uh, deep pockets that influence a lot of things. Yeah, you, know, you know, we just had a sermon this morning. Uh, it's Sunday, where our pastor was basically saying money is like congealed power, and poli- that's the way politicians and pharmaceutical companies wield it. You know, well, money is energy because time is money. So, yeah. and time is just energy spent. Yeah. So you got a, uh, you know, you want the biggest consolidation of power and money. Yeah. And then you'll have more power than anybody else, and then you can pretty much do whatever you'd like. Yeah. You can pay off news organizations to run propaganda for you, and then you can pay off big tech to censor stuff that goes against your propaganda. And then you make a big profit. If someone sues you, you made so much money that it's it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and look at how many Google whistleblowers we have saying that. I, I think one Google whistleblower just just wrote a book recently, and he said they're trying to influence how you think. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a lot of that um, coming out, and uh, Facebook themselves, I think they even, I think they've tried to placate it and kind of. Uh, used as a scapegoat, oh, we've created such a big organization that it's out of our reach. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Well, I mean, here's for the people out there who think that uh, the federal regulators and the uh, bureaucracies um, are unbiased, um, I have to break it to you. Um, this is from lourockwell.com. Um, this was written by a medical doctor named Gary Coles. Um, it's an article called Why You Can't Trust the FDA the WHO, the CDC, the AAP, Merck, GlaxoSmithKline, Sanofi, or Pfizer. Those are some of the biggest uh, pharmaceutical companies, and one of those has a uh, vaccine out, obviously Pfizer. Um, but he writes, uh, and this is a quote from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, from uh, Children Health, uh, Children's Health Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, the FDA receives 45% of its annual budget from the pharmaceutical industry. The World Health Organization gets roughly half of its budget from private sources, including Big Pharma and its allied foundations. And one of those foundations is uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I got right here in front of me. They have donated over $4.3 billion to the World Health Organization. Um, and they've also done $155 million to CDC, along with $18 million to the NIH. What, what was the source of that? Was that Children's Health or was that... That's still, um, that's still Children's Health. Defense. Okay, yeah. No, I, I believe him because Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a lot of people tried to discredit him, but I've never actually seen a claim that he had uh, completely like falsified or so, like saying this was a lie because the more I dive deep into it, the more it, it, it checks out. Uh, one, one thing he claimed was that he sued, uh, I think, these pharmaceutical companies and won and said, can you, can you show me any recent vaccine that's come out that has ever gone through a double blind placebo test and they, they couldn't produce one. No, you got to yeah. see, you got to see, they, they say vaccines are safe and effective and you can believe them if you want to, but, um, you know, you can make a study look good, Yeah. but you even learned this in science class growing up. If you, uh, do one small thing, um, uh, I guess, uh, wrong in the process. Yeah you're going to get skewed results. Yeah, for example, like Bill Gates recommended this book. This was his recommendation of one of the best books he ever read was called How to Lie with Statistics. Yeah, was, there's a picture of him. Yeah, uh, promoting it. He was like, yeah, yeah. You, you read this book. It's, it's really important. Well, let me finish this quote. Yeah, go ahead. So you got the FDA receiving 45% of its annual budget from pharmaceutical companies. 
Um, World Health Organization gets half its budget from private sources, big pharma, allied foundations, one of those being Bill and Melinda Gates. Mm. Um, and, that, and the CDC, frankly, is a vaccine company. It owns 56 patents and uh, vaccine patents mm. and buys very profitably, uh, distributes $4.6 billion in vaccines annually through the Vaccines for Children program, which uh, that one program itself uh, represents over 40% of its budget. So you got the people that are uh, the ones that are approving vaccines yeah. getting paid by those who make the vaccines. Now, if you want to talk about uh, corruption, that's where I'd start. Well, also, they're not actually tested by the FDA when they're distributed. They're tested by the vaccine manufacturers. And again, the big, the best way to promote to get rid of vaccine hesitancy and to prove that they're safe and effective is to get rid of blanket immunity from liability. So, oh, but they won't do that. No, they won't do no. that because they won't put their money where their mouth is. Because See, that's what I'm saying. If they're safe and effective, then a lot of people to see you when they're not. You know? Yeah, just, well, it just makes sense. Here's really funny. Um, so the four companies that make virtually all of the recommended vaccines are all convicted felons. This is still Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, collectively, they have paid over $35 billion just since 2009 for defrauding regulators, lying to and bribing government officials and physicians, falsifying science and leaving a trail of uh, incurable chronic illnesses, injuries and deaths from products they knew to be dangerous and still sold under pretense of safety and efficacy. So, I mean, you can start off with, I mean, the FDA is the, the group that uh, approved Oxycontin and um, fentanyl. Yeah, which killed fentanyl. millions of people a year. Yeah, George Floyd also was was um, one of the victims of that. Potentially, he was uh, got addicted to fentanyl. Well, they say well, that the, one of the doctors that did so they, they had a they had a private autopsy done by the family, mm -hmm. and um, in that autopsy, it said uh, that his I think his heart stopped beating because of a fentanyl induced uh, heart attack. Yeah. And I believe it. The problem that I have was uh, it didn't exclude the cop completely from uh, what happened because the cop took a pulse. He got zero results from a pulse, and then he didn't do anything. So yeah, you know, yeah. he was he had his knee on a guy's artery, um, crushing his uh, maybe crushing his larynx at the same time. It I was just a bad situation for everybody involved. I don't think it was his neck though, because when I looked at the thing, they they had no neck injuries reported in mm. the autopsy. And well, I mean, no you could you could have structural you could have structural integrity, but you could still put enough pressure That's for true. long enough time. That's true. Yeah. You know, maybe it was the fentanyl. Maybe it got assisted by a guy having a knee on a head for ten I mean, minutes. Yeah. I mean, we can't really tell at this point. It's gonna be. Well, he's in jail, so yeah. if uh, if you thought he was guilty, uh, good for you. Yeah. Well. Anyway. But uh, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of these studies. But even the the crazy thing is uh, that there are so many people who uh, have been pro vaccine my entire life, uh, medical workers, doctors, nurses. They've been pro vaccine, but it's this particular vaccine that they don't want to take because it's been out for less than a year. We don't have any safety any kind of safety data on it. Period. They don't have any long term studies. Normally, it takes decades to get. Yeah, uh, a flu vaccine or a polio vaccine. Just even produce. Yeah. yeah, it takes it takes decades to get it past animal trials, let alone human studies. Yeah. Now in this one, they they say they skipped animal trials, but you can go find the original, um, the first they had mRNA vaccine trials. I forget mm. I, I, I forget if it's for 
coronavirus specifically, I believe it is. I read the animal testing on COVID and basically what they did was they started the animal testing at the same time they started the human trials. Yeah. Which is basically skipping animal testing. Um, I saw one funny comic and it was like this dark rat looking at a white rat. And the dark rat says to the white rat, he's like, have you have you gotten the vaccine yet? He's like, no, nah, it hasn't been tested on the humans. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, you know what? They, 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 uh, um, you're going to have to look this up on DuckDuckGo to find this. But they did, uh, they did do animal trials, I believe, on a coronavirus mRNA vaccine. I forget what year they did this on. But um, they've, they've had them in animal trials for years, um, even before uh, SARS-CoV-2 came out. And uh, it's been killing every animal, not on injection, but on re-exposure to coronaviruses. Mm -hmm. So when an animal took a shot, they'd get exposed to the, uh, uh, they'd get exposed to a coronavirus um, in the lab, and then they would die, and uh, they'd have heart and lung failure. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just pulling up the New York Times when, when they had the first coronavirus vaccine tested in humans. And uh, in the low dose group of uh, people, one of them got sick, so they had to be hospitalized. So that was 6% of the group was hospitalized. And the high dose group that they had, three people got so sick that they had to be hospitalized. That's 20%. And then uh, they go ahead and they make uh, 2 billion doses of the vaccine after that. And you got to keep in mind that when these people are, are, are tested, they're like the healthiest of the healthy. Like they're, they're not typical Americans. So... They use what they call exclusionary criteria. They're, um, they are only giving these vaccines and these tests that they're doing to the healthiest people they can possibly test. You can't be pregnant. You can't be overweight. You can't have ever smoked a cigarette. You can't have vaped. You can't have any respiratory problems in your family. You can't suffer from asthma, diabetes. You can't have rheumatoid arthritis or any autoimmune disease. Um, there has to be no history of seizure within your entire family. So those are the kind of people they test the vaccines on. So, when was that? When was that specific uh, uh, trial you, done? You can look it up. It says uh, the New York Times. I'm looking at it. it. Says first coronavirus vaccine tested in humans shows early promise. The vaccine developed by government <laughs> scientists and Moderna a biotech company appeared safe and provoked an immune response in 45 people inside the study. Uh, researchers reported on Tuesday in the New England Journal of Medicine. I don't have a date here. Well, you know what's really you scary? can get you can you can look up everything I just yeah, said yeah, yeah. and you can find the article. Yeah, guys, try this out. So this the New York Times was um, reporting the results from an early phase one study that was designed to test low, medium, and high doses of the vaccine and to gauge their safety and ability to create immunity to the virus. The participants were 45 healthy adults, ages 18 to 55, who received two vaccinations 28 days apart. Well, you'll notice is that they only have short-term studies. They yes. this is not this was pushed under a emergency uh, authorization, authorization act, which which in itself uh, is quite invalid because of how many therapeutics and other treatments there are that treat COVID nineteen and the preventatives. India just got rid of um, COVID. They claim they only have two hundred million vaccinated people in India. Yeah, that's a population of over a billion people. They're blaming their uh, their their COVID. You know. Uh, freedom now on ivermectin which has won two nobel peace prizes for what it's done it's been called a miracle drug yeah and it was also developed by merck yeah so it's like well you know what you know, merck merck uh, merck has its own problems but for yeah. for this particular drug it seems like they they knocked it out of the park i mean if you're going to win two nobel peace prizes on it and it's relatively safe well you'll notice it wasn't merck that got the nobel peace prize it was the inventor of it he just happened yeah, yeah, to yeah, work yeah. for merck yeah that's true
Well, maybe Merck just produces what that guy invented, but... Uh, I mean, they, they, they should give him a raise. <laughs> you know, not, I mean, yeah. not everything that comes out is bad, but the stuff that they try to force on you, that stuff's definitely going to be worse. Well, I mean, when some, when you're being bullied, when you're being threatened, when they're saying, we're going to take away your job, we're going to take away your kids, you're going to take away your college education, we're going to take away your ability to feed your children, does that sound like it's in your best interest? <laughs> well, let me, anything you do is like that, that they do that. It's not. It's never in your best interest. No, no, no. Well, let me tell you this story. So my uh, my brother Alex, he uh, under oh, yeah. that under that kind of pressure, my brother Alex, healthy twenty five year old. Yeah. Um. He uh. He under that kind of pressure about job security and such. He uh. He took the he took the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which isn't an mRNA one. We can talk about that later. But is it a one shot still, or did they add another shot? Johnson and Johnson's Johnson Johnson's still a one timer. Mm-hmm. Um. What it does is they package COVID spike proteins in a adenovirus, which is a dead virus. Viruses are just uh. Viruses have a delivery system. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they, they, they made a uh, blank, they take a blank virus just so it has a delivery system to package and, and infiltrate cells with a uh, um, um, specific payload. And in this, in this instance, they used an adenovirus to um, distribute spike proteins throughout a body. Now what they claim is um, that the spike proteins will stay in the shoulder that they're injected in, but I got studies in front of me that tell you that they break the, uh, they, they get into your bloodstream. What are those studies really? Oh, uh, yeah, let me pull those up, it, but let me tell you about the story. There, there were, yeah, yeah, you can finish your story. I was just curious. Yeah. Um, so we got, uh, my brother Alex gets the Johnson and Johnson and, uh, three days after seven, within 72 hours, my brother ends up back in the hospital. He was in his house and he had to call the ambulance cause he was losing consciousness. Uh, he's never had an experience like this, never known to have seizures. He's never had an allergic reaction in his life, um, except to maybe a bee sting. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, he, he ends up in the hospital. Let me get the exact scientific term. He had, a, he had cardiopulmonary failure due to rampant blood clots through his lungs and heart. So he called the ambulance. He's losing consciousness. He gets to the hospital. They did a D-dimer test on him, which tests uh, if your blood's coagulated or not, if it's clotting up. Um, and, uh, they found blood clots in his left leg all the way up to his heart. Um, so some, some might call what he had a, uh, prolonged heart attack. Um, he had to get pumped with, uh, clot busters and blood thinners, um, so that he wouldn't die and his heart wouldn't stop, would, uh, would, would continue to beat. And, um, yeah. And he, he talked with his doctor. Um, his doctor concluded that it was from the vaccine. Um, and I think he's made a VARES report. I'm not sure yet, but... Uh, I hope so. Yeah, he should make one if he hasn't made one. But yeah, so I, I, I had a... Uh, so he ended up in the emergency room. They gave him these blood thinners. And then um, what what happened after that? They determined it was from the vaccine after the D-dimer test. And the D-dimer test is a test that shows a recent clot. It won't show an old clot. It only shows a new one. Right. So um, what, what did they... Uh, what did they what happened so after so that? he yeah so they uh they 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 got him stable um something or another caused his blood to just start um his his uh blood of less blood vessels to start um getting clogged and it's only two or three days after the vaccine 
Yeah, so, this was uh, this was on uh, the third day uh, okay. that he took one. Okay. But yeah, other than that, now he's fine. Um, he's he's doing a lot of preventatives now to continue uh, his good health. He's uh, doing the the pine bark extract. Um, luckily, with the uh, um, with the Johnson and Johnson, it doesn't uh, make you continue to produce spike proteins like the mRNA ones do. Hmm. Um, the Johnson and Johnson's a one-time drop-off of spike proteins for your body to make uh, spike protein antibodies against, and um, so so if it was a spike proteins, which I'm we're highly sure it was, and I think the doctor concluded it was as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I got uh, I got Merkula talking about um, spike proteins uh, causing um, blood clots. You got even mainstream um, mainstream sources reporting about the. Uh, you can look this up. Teenage boys experiencing uh, what they call a very rare um, case of myocarditis. But yeah, and the CDC actually drew an emergency meeting from that, even though it was drawn off for I think two weeks after. They well, you want to know why they didn't? You just had the FDA um, not approve uh, boosters. Boosters, a yes. third shot, um, and their concern was um, males aged between eighteen and forty, um, and how they might uh, get myocarditis and other cardiovascular issues like blood clotting mm. um, from the vaccine. So that's why they haven't been able to push the booster yet. And the, and the booster was developed faster than the shot was. It was developed faster than the original vaccine was. Uh, it, it's interesting to hear your brother's story, though, because I was reading this research um, by Dr. Charles Hoff, and basically... He was trying to test uh, the people who have been vaccinated and who are having adverse effects. And he, he claimed that only 25% of the vaccine actually stays in the arm. The Moderna vaccine is 40 trillion messenger RNA wrapped in a lipid capsule to be absorbed into the cells. The rest is collected through the lymphatic system and circulates through the entire body. It goes through tiny, tiny vessels and these trillions of messenger RNA from the shot are absorbed through cells around the vessels of the body, which is, I think, what your doctor yeah, was saying. Yeah, you, can you say that one more time? What, what number did you say for spike proteins? Did you say trillions? He said uh, with the Moderna vaccine has 40 trillion messenger RNA wrapped in a lipid capsule to be absorbed into the cells. The rest is collected through the lymphatic system and circulates through the entire body. And this is Dr. Charles Hoff. Goes through tiny uh, vessels. These trillions of messenger RNA from the shot are absorbed through the vessels around the vessels um, of the body and the body recognizes these messenger RNA strands as a gene and gets to work making COVID spike proteins, like you right. said, but they're not in a virus. They're in the cells around blood vessels. So they become part of the cell wall of that cell. So mm -hmm. normally the cells that surround your blood vessels have to be very smooth to enable good and unimpeded flow of blood. As soon as you have all these little spike proteins as part of the cell wall, you now have a rough surface, he says. So the platelets are going to hit a rough spot. And he's, he, according to his theory, if this is what's happening, clotting is inevitable. And they send a, mess a message saying there must be a damaged vessel. So this vessel has to be blocked to stop the bleeding. And that's how our clotting system works. So clots are inevitable, according to the theory, because of the spike proteins in the capillary networks. Yeah. And the clots are microscopic, so they can't always be uh, picked up, according to his theory, and scattered. So they aren't going to show up on any major scans of major blood clotting. So he did a D-dimer test on all of his uh, patients who were suffering adverse effects. And in his small study, he found that 62% 
tested for positive elevated D-dimer, which means that the blood clots um, in his sample weren't rare. So the so-called experts keep telling us that blood clots are rare, but according to his study, he said 62% of my patients have elevated positive uh, D-dimer tests. And this isn't just uh, this isn't just blood uh, vessels around the deltoid, which they claim yeah. um, that's where the spike protein stays. I have the study now. It's uh, again, it's uh, this is by Megan Redshaw from Children's Health Defense. Not not it's it's Robert F Kennedy Jr.'s website, but it's uh, someone else reporting this. Um, it's a Canadian doctor. Uh, the the news headline is: We made a big mistake. COVID vaccine spike protein travels from injection site can cause organ damage. And then it goes on to say, uh, research obtained by a group of scientists shows the COVID vaccine spike protein can travel from the injection site and accumulate in organs and tissues, including the spleen, bone marrow, the liver, uh, adrenal gland, uh, adrenal glands, and in quite high concentrations in the ovaries. And that's why you have, um, you have European women. I forget which country this might be in, uh, uh, Scotland. Yeah, it's in Scotland. You got like several hundred women. You can look this up on DuckDuckGo again. Uh, type in Scottish women uh, menstrual problems. Uh, you got women having, uh, you got old women getting their period again. You got women going sterile. You got women having, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Acute. Uh, you, you got women having weird menstrual cycles now where mm-hmm. they're bleeding when they're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, you got you got doctors telling people, hey, uh, if you notice that um, your uh, lymph nodes are swollen, yeah, don't think it's cancer. Yeah. Uh, that's just a that that's just your lymph nodes absorbing the unused vaccine. So and, and yeah, and, and a lot of doctors are actually reporting this, and this isn't just Dr. Charles Hoff. You've got doctors in the UK and Australia, and the real concern here is that once a, a vessel is clotted. Or you have a clotted vessel, that vessel becomes per- permanently damaged. It's never going to go back to normal. So if this theory is correct, and the only way to really tell whether or not you have a recent blood clot is through a D-dimer test. Exactly. There's no there's no other way. So if this theory is correct, which it looks like this theory is showing to be more and more correct by these D-dimer re- results, then those cells are being permanently damaged and will never function the same way again. And uh, these tests are also being done in the UK and Australia. They also found elevated D-dimers, but they discarded the information because they said there's no clinical evidence of clots. So it's not that the the D-dimer test is wrong for all these patients, but rather his theory is that these clots are microscopic. Well, yeah, it's it's how a blood clot would start, um, especially when you have a... uh you start with zero spike proteins in your body. Yeah. And then they deliver, let's just take the mRNA vaccines. Those are the most popular. That's uh, Pfizer and Moderna, where um, what happens is they have a nanolipid particle and then they pack it with uh, an mRNA gene sequence mm-hmm. that uh, when it enters into a cell, that the, the, lip, the nanolipid particle allows the mRNA, think of it like a bubble. Yeah. And this, this mRNA is in this bubble and that bubble allows this gene sequence to get into your cells. And then what happens is um, it's ribonucleic acid. So that, that has to do with ribosomes and their function. So this mRNA is basically carrying a recipe to your ribosomes in your cell. And what it's telling the ribosomes to make is a COVID, uh, a SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. Um, and now your, your ribosomes start to, uh, fac- uh, they become a spike protein factory 
and they start producing these spike proteins for God knows how long, God knows how many. And like we just read in uh, that study, um, Dr. Charles Hoff, not just in your shoulder where um, they say it concentrates, it gets into your blood vessels. Yeah. So now you're flooding your, um, you're flooding your blood vessels with spike proteins, which I have studies in front of me that we can, we can get into. I have a Chinese study um, that talks about this. The COVID spike protein is what's causing, um, because there was a, there was a uh, correlation between coronavirus and um, uh, heart conditions. Yeah. Um, a lot of doctors have discovered that it's it's not only a respiratory illness, but mainly a cardiovascular illness. Because a lot of people that were in the hospital with um, SARS-CoV-2 had blood clot issues and circulation problems and blood oxygenation problems. And they figured out that it was the COVID spike protein. Um, these Chinese um, guys... Um, who, they, who are they? Well, what is yeah, the let me read some of their names. We got uh, Shen H. Zhang. You got Wang C. Um, I don't know which. This was published in The Lancet, too. Oh, so Lan- The Lancet's a really good article of publication. It, it, they take the best of the best. They took. I just quoted The Lancet recently when it came to the two FDA officials that stepped down because yeah. they had written in the well, Lancet. Well, here we go. We, this was uh, this work. This this study was supported in part by grants from the National Natural Science Foundation of China, um, uh, the National Key Research and Development Program, um, the Clinical Research. Uh, yeah, this is this is a uh, the Zhao Tan, the Tong University. So this is a uh, this is top of the line Chinese um, um, research here. This. The the study's titled uh, SARS-CoV-2 spike protein impairs endothelial function via downregulation of ACE2. So I've read through this, and what that means is um, what they did in the study was they had a um, they had like a nanolipid particle, and all they did was uh, put the S protein, the spike protein, into um, the bodies of into animals. It was um, Syrian hamsters. That's pretty interesting. That is interesting. But yeah, these Syrian hamsters got uh, spike proteins delivered into their cells, and they noticed that um, they saw endothelials, uh, which you have the lining of your blood vessels. Yeah. Are these ECs? They're endothelial cells. Yeah. Now the spike protein, uh, the shape of it binds to ACE2 receptors in these endothelial cells. Yeah. Because again, the COVID spike proteins, they're not in a virus, they're in the cells around um, blood vessels, so they become part of the cell wall of that cell, like what Dr. Charles Hoff said. Yeah, so said. Think, of, think of your blood vessels having these little keyholes in them, and this S, pro, uh, this, this S protein, this spike protein from SARS-CoV-2 fits right into that keyhole. Yeah. So you're sticking a key into a keyhole, and that keyhole is called your ACE2 receptors. Yeah. So you have a keyhole, your ACE2 receptors in these endothelial cells which are in your blood vessels. It's the lining of your blood vessels. And what mm-hmm. these endothelial cells do is they regulate um, coagulation. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they kind of filter out your blood, make sure that everything's moving smoothly. Yeah, There's you're no not blockages. getting any clots. You're not getting any blocks. Exactly. And it's funny because we didn't correlate this beforehand, but our studies are actually correlating with each other and <laughs> backing each other up. So like what Dr. Charles Hoff said was normally the cells that surround your blood vessels have to be very smooth because um, the spike proteins are in the cells around the blood vessels. So they become part of the cell wall of that cell. So normally the cells that surround these blood vessels, they have to 
to be very, very smooth to enable good and unimpeded uh, flow of blood, which right. is what you're saying. So and, imagine putting roadblocks, little little yeah. uh, speed bumps into your uh, blood vessels. Yeah. That's only going to slow down um, circulation and clog things up. Yeah, because as soon as you have all these little spike proteins as part of the cell wall, now you have a rough surface instead of the smooth surface that you need to surround your blood vessels to have um, – to be very smooth to enable good blood flow. Yeah, here, SARS-CoV-2, this is from that Chinese study. SARS-CoV-2 infection induces uh, endothelial cell inflammation leading to endotheliitis um, because of the S protein decreasing ACE2 level and impaired uh, um, NO bioavailability. Yeah, so so all those uh, platelets, um, they're going to hit a rough spot. Basically. Well, it says, and this isn't just blood vessels. It says, in one of the second sentences of this is, you know, we administered a pseudovirus expressing S protein to Syrian hamsters intratracheally. Tra- tra- uh, lung damage was apparent in animals receiving SU spike, which is the S, uh, S spike protein, revealed by the thickening of uh, alveolar septa and increased infiltration of mononuclear cells. Yeah, and here here's another really scary part of the the conclusion of his study was he was saying all the frequent side effects of the shot, which are uh, headaches, nausea, dizziness, fatigue, um, they and uh, the slowed down energy could all be signs of cerebral throm- thrombosis on a capillary level. And cerebral thrombosis is an arterial thrombosis in the cerebral arteries, and the, th- the thrombus obstructs the supply of blood to the brain and results in stroke syndrome, causing uh, in, and including the hardening of the cerebral arteries and hypertension. Well, you, you got uh, Canadian studies, Canadian researchers say that uh, in a biodistribution study um, on the Pfizer vaccine, actually, this is the this is the Canadian government. Oh, no. So this is a scientist named Bridal. He got a grant from the Canadian government to do uh, vaccine research. Um, and he filed a a request for information from the Japanese regulatory agency to get access to Pfizer's biodistribution study. And they found that, um, that the, the, the COVID spike proteins don't just stay where they're injected. They get into your blood vessels and can even break the blood brain barrier. So you, you start pairing spike proteins um, with ACE2 receptors in your brain. That's yeah. going to cause, uh, you know, God knows what. Yeah. At the very least, is going to decrease your blood oxygenation, which that's what happened to my brother. He he passed out. He he yeah. his blood literally couldn't deliver oxygen anywhere to his body. Yeah, and what a lot of these radiologists now are recording, and this is again Charles Hoff, is uh, increased reticulation. It's a very non-specific uh, phrase, but it's what we would expect uh, the results to be again if it were if it were microscopic. So what he was saying is because now these people with adverse effects now have increased vascular resistance through their lungs and their lung tissue and their heart tissue and like you said the brain tissue and perhaps even the spinal tissue none of these uh none of these tissues regenerate in other tissues you can regenerate you can regenerate the liver the kidneys and uh, certain muscles but there's some tissues that can't and um it seems like all the tissues that can't are the ones that are being um, hurt and affected when it comes to these myocarditis adverse uh, reactions, according to his studies. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, you wonder why would they go through all of this trouble to get all these spike proteins into your body? If we have 
hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. We have an, yeah. even Regeneron, not remdesivir, which is Fauci's drug. But Well, what I was going to say is <laughs> you, you need this vaccine as much as you needed remdesivir. <laughs> like- you know, even if, even if this stuff wasn't harmful to you, um, you know, clinical trials on remdesivir is not remdesivir, Regeneron. Yeah. Uh, Regeneron is monoclonal antibodies. Oh, monoclonal antibodies uh, areas were set up all throughout Florida and a bunch of other oh, states yeah. where and, they were and, giving it. And they yeah. gave it to Joe Rogan too. Right? And then now you got the Biden administration blocking access to monoclonal antibodies Which is in crazy. Florida. Which is crazy because it's like, when have we ever seen the government come in and tell people or tell doctors, no, you can't treat your patients. Well, now you way. got the government being the doctor of doctors. Right. Which is the scariest thing in the world. Yeah. We're from the government and we're here to help. <laughs> I think that's a Reagan quote. That is it? a Reagan quote, yeah. Dude. The scariest words in the English dictionary. Wait, you, okay, so let's 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 talk about why put these spike proteins in our body. So the idea, their idea is, okay, so now you have spike proteins in your body. And they are the Kobe, uh, the the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. We want you to now build antibodies against these, so that when you face SARS-CoV-2 in the wild, and they also claim that this spike protein is pretty similar to the ones in other coronaviruses. There's about yeah. 35 coronaviruses out there. There's about seven that can infect humans. They say. And they say that this spike protein is pretty similar amongst the seven. Does that account for Delta as well? Um, you know, I got Not some sure. I got some studies yeah. about that, but we can get into that Delta in a minute. But yeah. uh, where was I? Okay, Sorry. yeah, the antibodies, right? So these these antibodies, your your body does manufacture antibodies against this S protein, so mm-hmm. it it does do what it claims to do. But the problem with these antibodies is, and this is research done by Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. She is a clinical physician. She uh, ran a clinic in Mexico. Um, she's an American doctor. She, uh, you can check out her website, drtenpenny.com. Um, no, no dot between the doctor and Tenpenny. Um, she calls these abnormal antibodies. It's not designed for the whole virus, just the spike protein. Right. So when this antibody, this, there's two, there's two pieces to a antibody, a normal antibody, you have, think of this antibody as a Y shape. Mm -hmm. So you got the V at the top and you got a stick at the bottom of it. The V shape is called FAB. um, And then the stick shape is FAC. Mm -hmm. What the FAB part does is like Pac-Man, it goes up up to the COVID virus because it's got the spike protein in it. And it chomps at it, but it can't, it's not programmed to destroy the whole virus. Yeah. So it passes the virus through. Mm-hmm. And now you get what you call uh, antibody dependent enhancement, where now the antibodies are actually working against your body to help uh, COVID particles break into cells. Speaking of this, uh, we actually have a clip from Dr. Fauci, of all people. And I showed you this before we started recording, kind of backing up what you're saying. Now stars are aligning today. Yeah, I know. Um, so this is this is the Let clip. Fauci explain it better than me. I'm not a doctor. He well, is. well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, what Fauci was saying, and this is probably an early development when they were trying to be as open uh, as to the public as they could, um, and it kind of shows in this clip. He was basically saying that if you, you if you were to vaccinate someone because of that um, antibody response where yep. it could actually be worse, you could actually end up vaccinating somebody and making their situation worse. So here is none other than Dr. Fauci. Does the vaccine make you worse? And there are diseases in which you vaccinate someone 
they get infected with what you're trying to protect them with, and you actually enhance the infection. You can get a good feel for that in animal models. So that's going to be interspersed at the same time that we're testing. We're going to try and make sure we don't have enhancement. It's the worst possible thing you could do is vaccinate somebody to prevent infection and actually make them worse. Okay, so yeah, Dr. Fauci of all people. There you go. Yeah, and that's such a scary thing too. Yeah, you'd think that, and, and again, he said that we'll see that in the animal trials and the animal trials were started, it looks like, at the same time as the human trials. Yeah. So, you know, what's really so, sad is uh, um, you can get full-size antibodies by getting sick with coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And uh, an Israeli study finds that um, a study shows 27 times the viral load in vaccinated people. So you got vaccinated people carrying a higher vir- uh, viral load without showing symptoms of uh, SARS-CoV-2 because the antibodies aren't destroying the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy too. And I I just feel like if we if we have like look at all these doctors we're citing, right? If there was this much of a divide within the medical community, why are we having mandates? Yeah. You know, it's like and that you have doctors that don't agree with the mandates. Yeah, and then they tell you they tell you science says this, science says that. Well, I have scientists that say other things than what the establishment say. I got an Israeli study that says um, natural immunity is forty times uh, uh, better than uh, vaccine immunity. Israel, they they say forty to sixty percent of new cases. This is recent. Uh, are in the vaccinated and only one percent of their new cases are from naturally immune people and this is referring to the delta variant yeah so sure you could say well okay israel's got i think close to 90 percent of their population uh, vaccinated, vaccinated yeah. yeah so israel's the most vaccinated place so if you want to go look at a country that's done the vaccine mandate yeah i believe they have um they have vaccine passports in israel yeah, like you you cannot in any way blame the unvaccinated and Forty to sixty percent of the cases are in the vaccinated. So here, here's the scarier part. So the CDC has these guidelines for their PCR tests, and this is what I really wanted to get into. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. PCR test is the biggest fraud that we've ever seen in 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 medical tyranny history. So right now, the CDC guidelines for the PCR test they run cycle counts. Mm-hmm. So what PCR tests do is um, you take a nasal swab or you spit into a tube and then mm-hmm. it gets put into a PCR test. And what this PCR test does is it amplifies genetic material. So you type into this PCR test, okay, I want you to amplify um, these RNA sequences because they believe coronavirus to be a RNA virus. Um, so what this PCR test does is it takes its sample and it goes and finds and highlights these RNA sequences and then they uh, blow it up, like blowing up a balloon. To 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 um, uh, uh, I guess examine the sample, and, right. and they used to they used to use PCR tests just to uh, examine stuff in the lab, and not test for virus. It's never been used to test a virus, and the guy who invented it said, "Please don't do this." Huh? Is it also true that you can be immune from COVID, and you can have the antibodies, and they can pick up the antibodies and have have a false positive with the PCR test, or is it, or is it just the PCR test just having a false positive? You know, I've I've heard I've heard about that. Here, here's here's where you get false positives. Um, so they have uh, here we go. Um, you got you got these cycle counts, right? So it's how many times you're amplifying the highlighted material. Now they did a study. In uh, April 2020, uh, on 
how many cycle counts is accurate. So how many times are we going to amplify this genetic material and still have a accurate uh, assessment? So who's they? Um, this is the CDC. Okay, this is the CDC. Okay. So uh, we got so many sources flying around. We got, we got <laughs> I to keep swear track of we'll all. link everything. You will yeah. have a mile long link yeah. uh, tail in this description, but yeah. Well, so, I mean, if we said it, if we said it in the thing, I mean, I, I, we don't necessarily need to link it, but we can. So we can PCR it, anyway. test. We'll try. Highlights RNA sequences that they think uh, are are. Uh, well, that's even a bigger story. So they're, they're looking for they're looking for certain things that they say um, are indicators that you have COVID nineteen in you, mm. and they're RNA sequences. Now they say if you do seventeen amplifications, because you got to be able to see these things, right? Because they're so these things are so small. Yeah. So they they amplify the genetic material if they do it seventeen times, seventeen cycles. That ensures what they call 100% accurate positives. So if you ran PCR tests at 17 counts, so 17 amplifications, and these are these are these are squares. So it's not 17 times; it's to the 17th power. Uh huh. Um, then all the positives you get would be 100% accurate. That's yeah. at 17 cycles. What they've been doing. Let me let me continue. So 33 cycles. They said, if you do this 33 cycles. Uh, you have a false positive rate of 80%. Mm. So if you had 100 people test positive at 33 cycle counts, you'd have only 20 people potentially um, with, with SARS-CoV-2. Right. Now, 34 cycles is where you get 100% false positive rate. Now, let me read you the CDC guidelines. So for the vaccinated people, the CDC has put out, they want uh, doctors to do 28 cycle counts or less. So that's somewhere between 17 and 33, 17 being 100% accurate, 33 being 80% inaccurate. Um, so, so that's still not 100% accuracy on vaccinated people. But let me tell you how many cycles they're doing for unvaccinated. For unvaxxed people, they run the PCR test at 30 to 45 cycles. Um, before the Trump, before, before. What was the recommended one again? It was, they needed to run it. How many cycles were recommended? So for vaccinated, 28, 28 or less. Okay. For unvaxxed, 30 to 45. So amplifying it, like blowing it up here. Yeah. So 30 to 45, that's a pretty liberal, um, uh, uh, I guess threshold there, but. Pun intended. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so before Biden administration got in, when the coronavirus first came out, the official number was they wanted you to do. They wanted you to do 37 to 40. Uh -huh. um, so you'd go somewhere, they'd do 37 cycles. At somewhere else, they'd do 38, 39, 40. That's well above the 34 cycles that the CDC said in April 2020 gave you a false positive rate of 100%. Maybe I missed it. What exactly is a cycle? So, did, did you explain that? Maybe I just Yeah, so it. cycles is how many times they're amplifying it. Okay. So let's say I had something an inch big, yeah. square it. Now maybe it's, I don't know how, you know, multiplication. But That's like one cycle. You keep, you keep yeah. making the thing bigger. So basically, right, they tell you they have, you need to have a certain viral load count in you for right. you to be counted as um, infected. Mm -hmm. So if you have a really small amount of COVID in you yeah. and you're not showing symptoms, you're not a case. There's a certain threshold where they tell you that you're infected versus not infected. I don't know where the threshold's at. Mm -hmm. um, now, with these cycles, it actually sort of increases the amount of viral load that looks apparent in you. So, you're amplifying how many there are. Yeah. So, at 34 times doing that, you run this cycle 34 times. It's, um, you know, I guess X to the 34th. Yeah. Um, that's when you get 100% false positives. 
and you have you have the Portuguese government. They had the Portuguese, I think, Supreme Court yeah. um, ruling that uh, PCR tests are uh, not reliable. And you guys can look that up. That's mainstream. Yeah. Well, one of the things I also wanted to get into is just uh, the authoritarianism coming oh, across with all these things. Like you look at recently, there was an Illinois judge, and she took away. A little girl out of custody from a mom because the mom wasn't vaccinated. I don't know if you saw that story. No, all I know is when I was doing research on uh, coronavirus tyranny before the vaccine even came out, um, they had stories coming out where uh, people were having the discussions about and, and governments were saying, hey, we might go into um, houses and we need to take the infected people out yeah. so that they don't infect their families. Mm hmm. That's scary. That's very scary. And we have a lot of people like screaming Jacobson case, Jacobson case, Jacobson case. I don't know if you know what the Jacobson case is. I have is. no idea what so, that is. So, so a lot of people who are screaming Jacobson don't know what the Jacobson case is. So whenever someone says that the Biden doesn't have the authority to issue vaccine mandates to the nation, they scream Jacobson. And these people have never heard of the case. Oh, actually, I did like hear reading about a block. this. Yeah, you, people say it all the time. But if you actually look at the case in Jacobson versus Mass, Someone was suing over a law passed requiring people to be vaccinated for smallpox. And the first difference is this was an actual law that was pa passed by the legislature. Like it went through the constitutional pro it process. Wasn't, uh, like it, it wasn't, wasn't a presidential man mandate. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was like an SNL skit years ago. Remember, he was like, um, he's like, what are you? He's like, because I'm just a bill, just an ordinary bill. And and then this guy comes over and he's like, I'm an executive order, and I kind of just happen. <laughs> he takes a smoke of the cigarette, but. So th that actually went through the cost constitutional process. It was signed in um, by the governor. And what Biden is doing is an executive order, and it's ruled through regulatory agencies. So what Biden is doing is an executive order, and it rules through regulatory agencies. Such rules and executive orders have to have a constitutional basis derived from authority granted to the executive branch as found in Article 2. Right. So Jacobson doesn't grant that kind of authority. And plus, it wasn't – they didn't force him to take the vaccine. They only made yeah. him – they said that – so he, yeah. they, they were – his employers, I believe, were giving him a fine or someone was fining yes. him. Okay, yeah. Someone was fining him and uh, they didn't rule that he had to he, take the he, vaccine. They only ruled that the fine was yeah. legal. Yeah, so the, the ruling was very clear that the plaintiff was not forced to get vaccinated. The law provides the option of paying – a fine of five dollars if someone chose to not be vaccinated. Well, see, back then that was like a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucks. So like it might be like a hundred <laughs> bucks. Um, Jacobson chose that option. So, but even that would have problems with an executive order order because it's not passed through legislation. And then the ruling also made clear that. Um, so like, I lost my place. <laughs> so. So here's why they wouldn't have the authority to do that through an executive order. Because I just said, like, they wouldn't be able to do that. Um, and it's because of disparate impact. Um, so we've seen that uh, blacks and Hispanic make up a large portion of the unvaccinated. Uh, I think it, even in an ABC study I, I linked recently, they said as much as 35% uh, of the black community was saying there was no way they were going to get the vaccine. Um, how hard will it be to argue that a fine in lieu of vaccination would have a disparate impact on blacks and Hispanics for 140 to 200 bucks, especially if they're poor. Like, it wouldn't be hard at all. To well, you cannot blame the blacks for not taking the vaccine. We've all heard about the Tuskegee, Tuskegee experiment. And, and that went on the for 30 thing, years. Yep. And that, who, who was that funded by? The, the CDC. And you tell the me FDA. about it. It's a, and so 
as the court made clear, the state cannot cannot simply force you to be vaccinated. So for those making that argument, Jacobson is not an argument for forced vaccination. And we need to look at the issue being addressed, the disease being addressed in Jacobson with smallpox. Um, I'm confident that if we can, we can all agree that smallpox in 1905 was like way more dangerous than it is now, and still and, and more dangerous than COVID in 2021. Absolutely. And so we know that COVID has like what a recovery rate of like 99.995 percent. Oh, it's insane. And smallpox had a fatality rate of 30 percent. Well, let me tell you over 30. Let me tell you a stat I saw today. I forget which news site put this up. Um, I think this this the, the statistics are straight from the government websites. Um, there's more more kids. So more, 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 more people under the age of 17 were shot in Chicago this year. So then far this year, COVID. yeah, I then died that. of yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah. So that's just ridiculous. But yeah, Jacobson was anyway. To wrap up, Jacobson was argued in 1904. The ruling was in 1905. Um, smallpox vaccines had existed for 110 years by then. I'd say that was sufficient time to understand the effectiveness of the vaccines too as well as the side effects, because this has been out for less than a year. So we can't say that about COVID. Uh, well, you, know, you know what they're doing with yeah. COVID, though, that's really freaky, is they're, they are hiking the, the death toll. And I got some stuff to, to show you right here. We got This is from Dr. Merkula. He was uh, a former pharmaceutical guy, um, but he quit over this stuff. Uh, you, you, I got a list of doctors here that uh, worked in um what was the, the first name of Merkel? so you got you got dr Merkel. i forget his first name you can look up what he used to do how do you spell that uh m-e-r-c-o-l-a okay um he's got a website now called Merkel. take control of your health um then you got dr michael yidon he's the former pfizer vp he has come out and he's done interviews telling people hey i've been making vaccines for decades this vaccine has not passed long-term studies. Mm. Uh, it killed all the animals in the trials. Yeah. You can just type in Dr. Michael Yidon, uh, uh warning message about the COVID vaccines, and you'll find it on DuckDuckGo. Yeah. <laughs> Probably up on Rumble. And one more thing I wanted to go, um, speaking of like it taking an average of like 12 years for an experimental drug to get final approval and all this stuff, and it takes years of testing. Let's talk about the FDA approval. So because yeah. the FDA because so many people come to us and they're like, well, the FDA approved it, right? Well, not really. No. So yeah. what the FDA did was the FDA extended the emergency use authorization for all the vaccines that are currently out, and then they approved without long-term studies or even a finished uh, clinical trial on on human subjects um, a comirnaty vaccine. Which yeah. will be produced by the same people who make the Pfizer shots, Pfizer BioNTech. Right, you say right now, and and it's not available on the market. No, so and, and you'll see on you'll see on the FDA's website that oh the FDA has approved the Pfizer vaccine shot, and in their own documents it says that's not what they're doing. They just extended the EUA, um, and then in 2023, uh, which is an odd thing that they're assuming that in 2023 we'll still have COVID SARS-CoV-2 around. Yeah, that's pretty fishy. Um, but yeah, in 2023, there'll be an FDA approved community, um, yeah. produced by the same people as Pfizer BioNTech. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, you know, for all the people who also scream like polio, um, it should be known that the Salix, va the Salix vaccine was pulled from the market. Why? Because it was giving kids polio. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Salix <laughs> vaccine. It, yeah. It was rushed. I'm to so the happy you brought this yeah, up. Yeah. Because they, there was an emergency, right? So tens of thousands of kids were paralyzed and dead, but it was worth it, right? Um, I no. think the number was 47,000. Yeah. So 
Yeah. They say it was non-acute. It was non-polio something uh, uh, paralysis, which is funny because it all happened at the same time that Bill and the Melinda Gates Foundation came in with these live virus. Yeah. Um, they were actually – they weren't even vaccines. They were um, – they, they weren't your normal injection. They were right. a uh, – there's an awful picture. They're, they're squeezing a kid's face, and then they're dropping in these – with a vial, uh, liquid droplets of a live virus vaccine into the mouth of a kid. Hmm. Well, what year was the Salk's vaccine? Oh, you'd have well, to look that up. Yeah, I'd have to look that up. I'm You're more exactly of the numbers guy. Yeah, I know. I know. This is why I'm single. <laughs> look at how much of a nerd I've been talking about. Oh, the conservative about. dating yeah. podcast would oh, be a man. different one. Oh, man. That'll be funny. Um, but yeah, so, um, polio vaccine killed and paralyzed children in 1995, tainted cutter polio. And, the, and then people ask so, yeah, me. Yeah. And that was, that was 1955, sorry, yeah. 1955. Well, the, the, you, there's a, there's a recent case too, where there was 47,000 children vaccinated with a Bill and Melinda Gates founded polio vaccine and it started a polio outbreak that they haven't had in decades. Yeah. Okay. So, cause I was reading that and I'm like, okay. Bill Gates couldn't. Bill no, no, Gates no. Was like a little kid in 1955. Back then, his mom was just working at IBM. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is a whole different rabbit hole. Yeah. You can type in IBM in the Holocaust, and I'll just leave it all right there. We won't go there. I'm not going to go into that. No, I see, did, did, yeah. <laughs> well, let me get back to this PCR test. Fraud. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, one yeah. more. People think it's just the cycle count fraud. Mm -hmm. There's a whole. It, before you even get to cycle count, mm -hmm. what's the PCR test testing for? Because they haven't isolated a yeah. coronavirus, a SARS-CoV-2 yeah. virus. They haven't isolated it. Yeah. You have a guy in Canada, his name, I forget his name. Oh, my goodness. I'll, I'll link the article. But yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's a guy, Chris Sky. Chris Sky. Chris okay. Sky. He's a freedom fighter in Canada. And he's been court-martialed for breaking uh, COVID rules in Canada, which are really strict. COVID in Canada has gone nuts where it's like you can't even go to a church. Pastors are being arrested. They're being thrown in prison and jail. Well, talk um, about it, dude. It, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, it's insane. Australia has become a prison colony again, basically. <laughs> it's basically the largest prison colony you can see from space. Well, so th this Chris Guy guy, he, he subpoenaed the yeah. health director of Canada yeah. and said, you need to bring to court the uh, isolated uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, yeah. virus you need to come to court and show me that this thing exists and i'm not yeah, saying yeah. it doesn't oh, yeah, yeah, exist yeah, yeah, yeah. no we're not saying that at all i'm saying say they that. haven't had isolated it, but, yeah. it they haven't yeah. they haven't separated it from other things yeah um so what does this pcr test test for because they haven't isolated the gene sequence for SARS-CoV-2. My dad talked about this with me because th yeah. this piqued his interest when you said it was chris guy right in canada yeah chris guy yeah so but uh so they haven't isolated what they've done is they've used uh They've used CRISPR technology, which uh, is some very expensive gene editing sequencing stuff, where they can sort of predict. Okay. They they have they have certain segments of an mm -hmm. RNA sequence um, that they believe is you know solid. Yeah. But they're still missing fragments. So what they do is they have technology that can predict and fill in the missing holes in the sequence, um, and then. This PCR test in America, and what's funny is actually in the PCR test in other countries, test for different gene sequences. Yeah. So Japan tests for different gene sequences than America does, different yeah, yeah, from yeah, Spain. Yeah. Um, Everybody's individual. So there's 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 in Amer uh, in America, uh, it's either three or six. You know, let me let me figure this out. Um, I know for a fact that PCR test tests for six RNA sequences. 
and they're all found naturally. Four of them are in your body already. Yeah. Four of the four of these gene sequences are found in over a hundred parts of your body, um, and then two the two remaining sequences are actually um, are actually uh, leftovers from any sort of respiratory infection. So if you have any respiratory infection, and this, this pertains to only respiratory infections, not all illnesses, but if you have a respiratory illness or any sort of respiratory distress, you can have a bad smoking sesh, go take a PCR test and test positive because your lungs, they're, they're testing for these two gene sequences that pop up when your lungs are in recovery mode, in immune system defense mode. Right. So there's nothing specific. They say They say that um, they're testing for basically the footprints yeah. of COVID-19 when they're really just testing for uh, these six RNA gene sequences, which are all found naturally in the body. Yeah. And this is from a, this is, this is done by uh, Jesus Garcia Blanca. It's a rights and freedoms website, um, reblogged by Corona Investigative. What's the title? The title article? is called The Scam Has Been Confirmed. PCR Does Not Detect SARS-CoV-2, But Endogenous Gene Sequences. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. By the way, guys, if if you uh, this I'm is a lot this. of information. This. this is a lot of information. So what, what, um, Josh is gratified to have a bunch of different articles. Um, a lot of my articles were actually just backing up what he was saying, and we didn't plan that. Like he didn't know that I had those notes in my iPad before I started recording. So it's okay, good to I, see that we have a, a ground basis for the truth that we're, we're not at wide, wildly different. No, I actually have the gene sequences right here that they're testing for. Now, gene sequences are are, are spelled out in just letters. Yeah. Um, I'm not a biologist, so I don't know exactly what the letters mean. Yeah. Um, there's a website called Blast. B L A S T. You can look up gene sequences. And they'll show you where in the body these gene sequences are found. So these researchers, um, there's, okay, for the United States CDC protocol, they are testing for three fragments of the N gene. Mm -hmm. Now, um, okay, that's the French protocol. Let me find the United States one. He's getting ready to talk to the board of CLC. What is that again, Josh? That's uh, on uh, September 28th. What, what time? Do they uh, do, 5 do we know? PM. 5 p.m. So if you guys want to oppose them creating uh, a mandate for vaccines or they'll kick you off campus, uh, go and make yourself heard. So in this this one, I'm going to like highlight in your description. This is the one I want people to read because it shows the gene sequences that the PCR test tests for. And it shows that it's all over your body. I'm just going to read one yeah. of these uh, uh, gene sequences that they tested. So um, this is, a, this is about, so about 20 genetic letters or nucleotides. We decided to try again, but with the target sequence defined by these two primary. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay. For this, we needed the sequence that is officially claimed to be the SARS-CoV-2 genome. And although thousands of laboratories claim to have isolated and sequenced it, a false claim as we have explained in previous reports, we decided to go to the National Center for Biotechnology Information website. Once there, we located the target sequence a fragment of 108 nucleotides located between positions uh, 12,690 and 12,797 of the genome. And it lists out dozens of letters, right? So they, 
they it's I could read it all, but you could you could read yeah. it for yourself. I so, mean, or or you guys could go listen to the so-called experts instead of this podcast, and you could look up the Forbes article that says "Stop speaking English, you're spreading COVID faster." <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a real article. Did you know that? I thought speaking English was racist. Oh yeah, it's definitely. We're gonna cover that, and everything is racist. We'll yeah. do that. It's speaking English. We can't do that. Okay, so <laughs> so they they went onto a website. These researchers. And they found what these people were claiming to be the genome for uh, SARS-CoV-2. And then they went to this BLAST website and typed in that genome. Um, There appeared, again, a hundred microbe sequences with a percentage of a match of 100% and four sequences of the human genome with an identity percentage between uh, 83% and 95%. And that's the four sequences I'm talking about. So there's six... RNA sequences mm-hmm. that the United States is testing for with a PCR test. The PCR test takes a sample and they highlight these six. Mm-hmm. And right here it says uh, four sequences of the human genome with an identity percentage between 83 and 95 percent. So they're finding these. Uh, they're finding um, these gene sequences, yeah. which they're claiming are COVID-19 yeah. with the PCR test, and then. You go into the human genome and you just type in these sequences and they're already in there. Yeah, that's crazy. So you go take a PCR test, it's testing for things you already have. Have in your system. We might have to slow down a bit. If we talk any faster and any we use any bigger words, we're going to start becoming Ben Shapiro. So I'm going to read this last <laughs> sentence and this sums up this, this article, this study. So... Um, We continue to find fragments of the supposed target sequence of PCR tests of SARS-CoV-2, both in microbes and in our own genome. So not just already in human DNA, but just in other microbes flying around the place. Yeah. So that's that's the whole that's the whole COVID tyranny right here. It starts with the PCR test. The PCR test does not test for COVID-19. And um even if it did, the cycle counts are too high we, for them to be accurate. And, and we've seen like many, many studies that have come out that show that the PCR tests are wildly inaccurate and are overinflating the numbers. And uh, it, it is crazy. We even had AOC not too long ago come out and say, hey, if there was like a death in the family, uh, don't worry because we can change it to say that it was a COVID death. Oh, let me so tell that you, you can this. get government um, money. Speaking of the great state of Illinois, this is actually, um, this is from, this is a town hall article. The title is, the U.S. is dramatically overcounting coronavirus deaths. They tell you it's 600,000 now in the U.S. Yeah. That's lunacy. Yeah. The PCR tests themselves can't tell you whether or not. That's what they've been using this whole time. Um, this is from May 31st. This is before vaccines. This is before the death toll got to 600,000. Um, you know, they tried to say George Floyd died of COVID. Well, you know what? <laughs> There's, uh, in, in, uh. Uh, San Diego County, you had gunshot victims. Yeah, that were di- dying, quote unquote, of COVID. Well, you'd get shot in the head. You go to the you go to the uh, uh, the, the coroner's office. They, they do they, a PCR. They test. do a PCR <laughs> test to find out if you had coronavirus at the time you were shot, and if it comes back positive, which apparently it's going to, yeah. if you're a human being and you've ever been sick. Yeah, Babylon B had an article that says, "Man who jumps out of plane without parachute dies of COVID." Dude, it's insane. I feel, I feel like the Constitution died of COVID. Well, uh, <laughs> well talking about the great state of Illinois. So, yes. um, this is Doctor Ngazi Aziki, director of Illinois Department of Public Health. Um, she she said this. You can find the video clip of her saying this too. 
um, when talking about the uh, case definition for COVID-19 death, she explains um, the case definition is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, uh, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. Let me read that again. It means at the time of death, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. Not that they died of COVID, not that they were in yeah. the hospital and died with COVID, yeah. but if they were dead and if they tested them and they tested positive for COVID-19, it's counted as a death. And she continues to say this. That means that if you were in hospice and had already been given a few weeks to live and then, uh, then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means technically, even if you died of a clear alternative cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. Those were all words from the Illinois uh, 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 Department of Public Health head. Yeah. And uh, I've seen even funerals where it's like they said he died of COVID and he's like, he didn't, he didn't die of COVID. And there's so many, there's so many cases of this. It's absolutely ridiculous. We like Trump so much as conservatives. Um, but but he got bamboozled by a few people in his office, mainly Fauci, but uh, by Dr. Deborah Burks. She said, um, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. Yeah. That's yeah. what she said. Yeah, that was a direct quote. So you want to talk about COVID-19 deaths. Um, it's a much lower number than what they're telling you. Yeah. Now, even the CDC came out, and you can look up this statement. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to make an addendum to their COVID-19 death toll where it said 96% of uh, SARS-CoV-2 death cases um, had an average of two and a half comorbidities. And if you look up comorbidities, that could be yeah. a heart attack. That could be obesity. That's what my family nicknamed the community is they call it comorbidity. <laughs> comorbidity. comorbidity vaccine. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot because here, here's what they've always wanted to do. They've always wanted to drive up the death toll number so that they could push out a vaccine. Which they did. And then vaccine companies can make billions and billions of dollars. Which they did. Which they did. And then the government can block. They'll they'll do anything because you got got FDA heads um, after they leave the FDA. They go work as presidents of these pharmaceutical companies. So you have this revolving door of, of government regulators and bureaucrats. Who walk in? Who, who who scratch the backs of the pharmaceutical companies, and then they get offered jobs making multi million dollars a year at yeah. these pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, and my my mom even said uh, she's wondering whether or not Obama will eventually get a spot at the United Nations. Well, they love Obama so oh, much. Oh yeah, I this, know. This, it's, it's, this it's Biden gross. term has been. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you heard what Biden said about him. Biden said he's the first uh, well dressed, articulate black man. Yeah. First one ever. We've never First had one. one before. Yeah, never like Martin Luther no, King Jr. or like Michael Jordan. No, or... they're not articulate. <laughs> Michael Jordan drank and, and, and smoked. <laughs> that's not that's not that's oh, not what man. we're looking for. But oh, this no. this Biden no, term has been Obama's third term. Oh yeah, no doubt. Because all the uh, people that were surrounding Obama, people are starting to rethink about their positions on Obama, even oh, because yeah. of because of Biden. And uh, as as Obama said in his well dressed, articulate way, <laughs> don't undre- don't underestimate Joe Biden's ability to screw things up. He didn't say the word screw, but I can't say that word uh, on this mess, podcast. I think. Oh yeah, f things <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you got the same people that were around uh, Obama when he was in office, like Susan Wright, um, surrounding uh, Biden. So it seems like there's a uh, almost Obama-esque um, cabinet around 
uh, Biden. Well, he's he's one of the only few politicians that never left D.C. He's still in D.C. Well, and, 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 I mean, I don't know a single person who could look me in the eye and say Biden is making his own decisions at this point. No, so, no. And this is what we talked about when they shut down Bagram Air Force Base and evacuated Afghanistan. It's like you let thousands of ISIS-K fighters loose into Afghanistan as we're evacuating it. Nobody could call this a good decision. And then we had General Mark Milley. Uh, is now being accused of treason. Um, he called China not once but twice, according to the Washington Post. Well, you got to wonder who's calling these shots because you got General Mark Milley when he talks about he, he made a tweet about the uh, the the migrant caravans that were crossing into uh, Texas recently and said, "No, I will not drone strike these migrants." They're um, our friends. I de- he said he said, and I quote, "I defer to civilian leadership." Now you know what he's not talking. You know he's not talking about Biden. Well, he no. the, the the popular thing amongst amongst generals nowadays is to say we listen to the executive, we listen to the people, we listen to, um, um we don't we don't act as uh we don't act autonomously. We listen to civilian leadership, which means they listen to the president. They're not listening to Biden. You think Biden is calling any of these shots? It no. may be because they're so bad. Who knows? I have no idea. It seems like there's something afoot though. Why? did they um, give the Taliban Afghanistan. They handed it to them on a silver plate and gave them the uh, equipment necessary to defend a position. So, yeah, it's just just insane. Uh, We are running a little bit long. Uh, We've now been, we're at one hour and 15 minutes. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, we just, we're definitely going to have Josh back on because... People seem to like Josh, and I like Josh, so we're going to bring Josh back. <laughs> He's all right, man. <laughs> yeah. And you got to do my intro, which is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. But, dude, so much so much information to go over. We well, could be here for there's hours. There's one thing. I know this is a conservative podcast. I'm more God, libertarian. I'm same more, thing. I'm more agorist, anarchist. I don't believe in government. Um, but um, what, what, what I know conservatives are um, – are they're thinking people and they want a system that works well and there's there's no argument about policy that a conservative can't win no and this is why thomas Sowell has never lost a debate right and um so i know conservatives are the thinking people of america they still believe in a in a a, a republic not a democracy a republic, republic. Yeah. Uh, that can that can function to the benefit of its citizens and i believe in a perfect world that can probably still happen but yeah. what conservatives need to do is the liberals are working very hard, mm-hmm. um, and we're not we're not doing much about it. We're trusting guys like Matt Gates, Senator Rand Paul, President Trump. I like Rand Paul. Though. You know these people are good. You know they're they're the best that we've got, but it's not enough. Clearly, no, it's not. Because we the Republicans had a supermajority for the first two years Trump were in office. And what did we do? They had a House majority, a yeah, Senate, Senate majority, majority, and you and had the presidency. You had Donald Trump. You didn't have George Bush. We had Donald or, uh, Trump. You didn't have yeah. Mike Pence. You had yeah. Donald, Donald Trump. flipping Trump. <laughs> and guess what happened? You know, a few things he did at the start of his presidency were amazing, getting us out of all sorts of uh, international deals that would have, you know, uh, pillaged America forever. Just, just cutting off ridiculous regulation for every one regulation that was made, two had to be excoriated. Well, there were these international trade deals that they wanted to impose on the United States. And the plan was to get Hillary in office. Yeah. But they didn't get that. Yeah. They didn't do enough rigging. 
No. And, and Trump came in and he shut down all of these trade deals. And that's why the globalists hated him from day one. That's why yeah. these national, uh, international forces did not want him in office. I loved that phrase from Obama where he's like, no serious person could actually say that the United States election could ever be rigged. And then Hillary Clinton lost and he said that the Russians did it. <laughs> you know, so for people who are going to be like, oh, Josh said that they didn't do enough rigging. I was like, yeah, but you just said that Russia well, would dude, rigging like, elections is as old as time itself yeah we do it with other nations and other nations can influence us and uh, now we really need an election reform I, th I don't think anybody would disagree with that that we need voter reform no I'll leave it at this we need a um, you know conservatives uh, in 2016 through 2018 our Republican leaders did nothing no and they had they had all the firepower in the world to stop all the liberal agendas, climate change, yeah. um, all sorts, all just all sorts of nonsense, and they didn't do nothing. So, we clearly need new people, and we need um, we need every conservative to realize uh, if you let this go on for for another year, even mm -hmm. um, if we don't do something now, and I don't know what, I don't know what it is. Um, I think we just need to revive the spirit of 1776 again where we're fearless in the face of evil and and we uh actually do something about it or else um this was uh this this was a fun ride yeah but america's over as you know it and it might be it might be too far gone at this point who well, knows at this point i think that a lot of people need to realize that you guys are the heroes you've been waiting for and whatever america your kids grow up in it's going to have been shaped by you either your compliance or your non-compliance so whatever decisions we make for ourselves is going to determine what our future is going to look like. Well, and, and, and I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff today. We talked about, and, and I'm not a doctor, so I didn't say it as eloquently as I've read it. You read, you read a lot of sources from doctors, though. Oh, yeah. So, here's, so don't listen to me. All this stuff's going to be linked in the description. Um, and, and, you know, without even reading any of this stuff, even Democrats, do we? Are you sure you trust these yeah. people? Bill do you Maher. trust your? Do you trust Dr. Fauci when yeah. he's flip flopped on every position he's ever had? I, I'll say when you got Bill Maher, Nicki Minaj, and Bernie Sanders all screaming, "Hey, we need to stop! You guys are being too authoritarian." Maybe it's time to wake up a little bit. I mean, this is not a right-left thing anymore. When did it become cool to be pro-establishment? <laughs> it seems like the new thing. It's 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 being you know America was founded by anti-establishment rebels from farms who who drink beer well that's what the libertarians have become now and uh you know i was joking around with uh, one girl maybe we'll get we'll get to this in like the dating episode but um i was like yeah i was like i'm a conservative libertarian i'm like don't tell your parents about me <laughs> <laughs> you know? that's what we've become we've it's become the goofy, punk rock it's, it's a funny. goofy world we live in the the, the libertarian conservative who's anti-establishment is now the most hated man in america and that's a really good spot to be in. They hated you. They hate you because they hated me first. And that's from Jesus Christ, who was anti-religious and anti-government uh, establishments. Yeah, I mean, when, when Jesus walked the earth, who did he go after? The religious establishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It wasn't just the, the Jews that crucified him. It was the Romans, too. So he had, yeah. you know, he, he, he was a couch-surfing hippie who, who, who spread truth that was unpopular and got crucified for it. I don't know if he, he had a job. I mean, he was a carpenter. Well, for his three years of ministry, he didn't have a job. He, That's true. He was, he and was, he did live with his mom. He was couch surfing. <laughs> Not to disrespect our savior, but.
you know, he, we, he, we love him. He knew his what his job was to do, and it wasn't to work for a 401k. That's true. Yeah, much greater purpose. With that note, we're going to conclude. Uh, Josh, uh, people can find you on September 28th at the College of the County in Grays Lake, and you're going to be speaking about uh, the vaccine mandate to the board. Yeah, I'm going to go tick them off. Awesome. Yeah, wouldn't have it any other way. Get involved, guys. Go yeah. go say stuff to people in the grocery store. Wear T-shirts. Get hats. Bumper stickers. Uh, I'm not telling you to go graffiti billboard signs, but I've seen other people do that. Well, we did see a billboard sign that was created that said making the Taliban great again, which is pretty funny. But, guys, you got to do something. Yeah. All right, guys. That concludes our episode today. Thank you for tuning in. And, as always, stay connected. Corn Pop was a bad dude. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.